ஸ்ரீஷாய நம ஸ்ரீ சரஸ்வத்தியை நம ஸ்ரீ சத்குருப்பியோ நம சுமஸ்தனக்கல்யாணே நிரதம் கருணாமயம் நமாமி சின்மயம் தேவம் சத்குரும் பிரம்மவித்வரம் மனோஜவம் மாருதுல்லியவேகம் ஜிதேந்திரியம் புத்திமதாம் வரிஷ்டம் வாதாத்மஜம்பானரயூதமுக்கியம் ஸ்ரீராமதூத்தம் சிரசாதமாமி சந்தோஷிணி ஜெகன்மாதா மம சௌபாகியவிருத்தையே நமஸ்கரோமி பக்தியாத்மாசன்னாவரதாவ சங்கரம் சங்கராச்சாரியம் கேசவம் பாதராயணம் சுத்திரபாஷ்யதே பகவந்தோனப்பிரணவாய்தைகமூர்த்தையமலாயிராந்தாய தட்சிணாமுத்தைநமிபாதமிதாதே தாபத்திரயவிநாஷாயிருஷ்ணாயவயம்ஸ்ட்டர்ஸ் So we should know a little bit about what has gone by. So I'll briefly give you a bird's eye view of the nine chapters. first six chapters talks about jeeva swarupa that is our nature what is our real nature that is why you say the first chapter is arjuna vishada yoga so the problem of human being arjuna's problem arjuna sthiti so when we have to face the problem even though we are qualified we are unable to face certain situation because of our emotions sentiments so this is depicted arjuna even though he was the greatest warrior it is his 
normal field of activity that is warfront. A warrior is always love his warfront. But when it is given to him, because the opposite party was his own relatives, gurus, great-grandsires, etc., he became hesitant to perform his duty. Now this is our situation also. Whenever we have to take a decision and when that decision is relating to our own kith and kin or our people, our relatives or our dear one, then it is always colored with emotion. The reasoning will not work. This situation is what is painted in the first chapter of Gita. Then the second chapter, Bhagwan gives the solution that you have to rise above the limitation of your emotional personality and understand the goal of life. What is the purpose of life, goal of life? And if that is kept in mind, then the, you will be able to rise above the emotional hang-ups. So naturally, Bhagavan has to point out the nature of jiva. You are not what you are thinking you are. You are something different from what you consider yourself to be. This nature is revealed from the 11th verse onwards till 24th verse. But then to appreciate that you have to have a certain frame of mind and that is that was not there at that particular time mind was not ready, Arjuna's mind was not prepared. So in order to prepare the mind, Bhagavan gave techniques that is called Karma Yoga. <laughs> How to rise above the ego and egocentric desires and hang-ups? This is the technique that is Karma performed with Yoga Buddhi. <laughs> So with certain attitude or a change, you are not changing anything. You are working, you are doing the same thing, but with certain healthy attitude. So this attitudinal change is what is Bhagavan is advising. Bhagavan is not changing the scene. He is not changing the outside world, but he is changing the inner personality of Arjuna. So that is why in the 18th chapter towards the end Arjuna himself changes himself. So Ashto Vachanam Tava. So I am completely free from my confusion. I am ready to accept your command. So this change conversion took place within himself. This is what is the teaching of Gita, that the change is not, we are all expecting the world to change for us, so that we will be happier. So this adjustment, we keep on doing it all the time. 
See, if a friend is become an enemy, then avoid him. <coughs> How long you can avoid? So even if you avoid that person, the thought is still there in the mind. <laughs> so, or you want to befriend somebody, or you want to avoid somebody, you have to avoid certain situations, certain circumstances, certain experiences in life. We continuously make these adjustments <coughs> in order that we can get a little bit of happiness. So this is what Bhagavan is telling that the change outside is not necessary. The change has to take place within us. So this vernier, that also you don't have to do too much of drastic changes. That is not going to help us. Small, small changes if you make, you will get the, get the better the life, enjoyment of life. So this is what they taught in the second chapter. The third chapter, fourth chapter and fifth chapter was the Karma Yoga, how to purify your mind. Purification of mind means not that you purify, you take the mind out and you know with the detergent and all that you, you purify. That is not what it is. Purification means reduce your ragatveshas likes and dislikes. So this is the bondage. It conditions us. The more we like certain thing, you become slave. Conditioning means what? Enslave ourselves. Our mind become addicted to it. So this addiction is what makes us limit. The, the, the limit your purview of experiences. So therefore, one has to neutralize this. So the method of neutralization is what Bhagavan gave in the third, fourth and fifth ingradation. Then to experience that Paramatma whose Jiva's nature is that supreme nature Paramatma. And that to experience that Bhagavan gave method of meditation, how to meditate, how to sit. And what are the preliminary the steps to be taken for meditation, finally what is meditation, etc. was given in the sixth chapter. Then a question is asked, question is asked here in the sixth chapter that if I have to meditate upon the Lord, what is the nature of that Lord? Unless I know what is the nature of the Lord, how will I meditate upon him? So in the seventh chapter, Ishara Surupa was given. What is the nature of that Lord? So seventh chapter onwards, until twelfth chapter, this is being revealed. Seventh chapter, very briefly, like a trailer, Bhagavan gave a few items. <coughs> mm. Yeah. So, that was not elaborate enough for Arjuna to contemplate or appreciate. And each chapter was a diversion. There were topics discussed about what is Brahma, what is Adhyatma, what is the Bhuta, Adibhuta, Adideva. Then the what, what is the Gati of the soul after death. 
So there are two paths were given there. One is the Surya Marga, another is Soma Marga. Soma means moon. People who are ritualistic people perform rituals. Rituals now means it doesn't mean only the havan etc. You are doing puja also. That is also considered ritual. So what is upachara puja you do? So those people who are practicing the rituals after death, they go to heaven. This going to heaven is the Chandra Marga, Soma Marga. Then people who are practicing Upasana, meditation, along with Puja, they will go to Brahma Loka. Brahma Loka is Krama Mukti. So this particular topic of Krama Mukti, so there are two types of Mukti. Mukti means Moksha. Moksha means liberation. Liberation means what? Freedom. <laughs> Complete freedom. Everybody wants to be free. Nobody wants to be bound. Even a little child growing up, he wants to be free. <laughs> you tie him in that, you know, the what do you call it, in the car <laughs> with a belt, you tie him. Poor guy, the moment the car stops, you want to get out and run. <laughs> you want to enjoy the freedom. <laughs> so the same way, all of us wants to be free. That's why free country. So we politically, we may be free. Economically also, we may be free. You can write checks or you can use your credit card, unlimited credit. Okay, good. But even then, we are still slave to our own emotions. So, this slavery to our own thinking, our own emotion, our own petty <coughs> feeling, this is what, you know, somebody said, the, we have reached the moon, man have achieved so much that he has reached the moon, but he doesn't know the neighbor. So that is a condition. We have big, big bungalows, house, but only two people are living there. And we have expensive watch, but no time. Like this, all contradictions are there. So, this, how to meditate upon that Lord, what are his characteristics? How we can think of him? Meditation is only, practice of meditation is only when you sit in a corner, close your eyes, half an hour you meditate. But when you come out of that meditation seat, how do you see the Lord in everything that is outside of me? So this is the topic of discussion from 7th chapter onwards. 8th chapter you see, the Krama Mukti was discussed. Krama Mukti means the gradual liberation. One is instant liberation. While living here, you get liberated. With liberation, I explained to you, it is total freedom. And that freedom is what we are seeking in life. Complete freedom. In spite of everything, the joy that you experience of freedom. This is what we are seeking. We don't know what we are seeking, some know what we are seeking, some do not know what we are seeking. That is all the difference. But we are all seeking one thing. <coughs>
that is ultimate anandas freedom so this kramavakti was discussed you go to brahmaloka brahma ji will teach you you realize the truth gain attain mukti then a question was asked people who do not practice ritual people who do not practice upasana where they will go you know people like us we don't do puja paad nothing or no do upasana also so such people where do they go he said they will come back here only marte loka they will go and come back here come back to earth manushya loka they will come back so that was explained in bradharanya upanishad also gita also briefly mentioned in eighth chapter then comes ninth chapter bhagwan picks up the same topic which was left in seventh chapter and elaborate that called rajavidya rajaguhya yoga and concludes it saying that manmana bhavamat bhaktaha madhya jeevam namaskuru mame vaishyasi yuktevam atmanam atparayana so manmana bhava set your mind on me manmana bhava mat bhaktaha bhava so may you become my devotee now here my devotee the my word is to be understood as not krishna vrindavana krishna not dwarakadhish krishna there the my shabda my word is to be understood as paramatma supreme reality that is consciousness within us that paramatma one should seek one should meditate now again the question is how to meditate on consciousness which is unknown to me and the scriptures also say it is it has no form it has attributeless nameless formless beyond causation all these things are told about brahman but how am i going to meditate now this is the topic bhagwan is revealing in the 10th chapter called vibhuti yoga so here bhagwan shankaracharya also writes a note here yeshu 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 bhaveshu chindya bhagwan what what form i should think of you i should meditate upon you a bhagwan this is the topic of discussion now bhagwan is there everywhere bhagwan's avatar is also see there are so many avatars this avatar is there and mohini is also one avatar see mohini avatar is also there so you leave all avatars and say i meditate upon mohini no that is not allowed because that is <laughs> already deluded we are and if you meditate upon mohini you get more deluded so there are certain things you should not meditate upon certain thing you should meditate what are those to be meditated upon what are those things to be avoided we should know this is the point bhagwan is going to reveal in the 10th chapter but there is an introduction to the topic bhagwan himself is introducing the topic he is not waiting for arjuna to ask a question here he himself is initiating the topic ha ah, let us read shri bhagavan uvacha 
ಮಹಾಬಾಹೋ ಶೃಣು ಮೇ ಪರಮ ವಚ ಯತ್ತೇಹಂ ಪ್ರಿಯಮಾಯ ವಕ್ಷ್ಯಾಮಿಹಿತಕಾಮ್ಯಯ ಭೂಯ ಎನ್ಸ್ ಮೋರ್ ಭೂಯ ಪುನಃ ಅಗೇನ್ ಮೀನ್ಸ್ ಸಪ್ತಮೇ ಅಧ್ಯಾಯ ನವಮೇ ಅಧ್ಯಾಯ ಸಿದ್ಧಿಸ್ಟು ಅಧ್ಯಾಯ ಭಗವಾನ್ ಮೆನ್ಷನ್ ಡೆಟ್ ದೇರ್ ಫಾರ್ ಬ್ರೀಫ್ಲಿ ಮೆನ್ಷನ್ ಡೆಟ್ ರಸೋಹಮಪ್ಸುಕೌಂತೆಯಶ ಪ್ರಭಾಸ್ಮಿ ಶಿಶು ಸೂರ್ಯೋ ಪ್ರಣವಸ್ಸರ್ವೇದೇಶು ಶಬ್ದಕ್ಕೇ ಪೌರುಷಂ ನೃಷು ಲೈಕ್ ದಿಸ್ ಯಸ್ ಬ್ರೀಫ್ಲಿ ಮೆನ್ಷನ್ ಇನ್ ದ ಸೆವೆಂತ್ ಚಾಪ್ಟರ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ನೈನ್ ಚಾಪ್ಟರ್ ಆಲ್ಸೋ ಅನನ್ಯ ಚಿಂತಯಂತೋ ಮಾಂ ಮತ್ತಪ್ಪರದಂ ನ ಕಿಂಚಿತತ್ ಧನಂಜಯ ಸ್ವಸೂತ್ರೇ ಮಣಿಗಣ ಇವ ಇತ್ಯಾದಿ ಹಿ ಹ್ಯಾಸ್ ಗಿವನ್ ಬಟ್ ದೆನ್ ದಿ ಎಲಾಬರೇಷನ್ ವಾಸ್ ನಾಟ್ ದೇಸ್ ದರ್ ಫಾರ್ ಭಗವಾನ್ ಸಿಸ್ ಭೂಯ ಐ ಶಾಲ್ ಎಕ್ಸ್ಪ್ಲೈನ್ ಟು ಯು ಎ ಮಹಾಬಾಹೋ ಮೈಟಿ ಆಮ್ಡ್ ಸೋಲ್ಜರ್ ಶೃಣು ಮೇ ಪರಮಂ ವಚ ಸೊ ಶೃಣು ಅರ್ಜುನ ವಾಸ್ ಲಿಸ್ನಿಂಗ್ ಎನಿವೇ ಇಟ್ ಈಸ್ ನಾಟ್ ದಟ್ ಯು ವಾಸ್ ನಾಟ್ ಲಿಸ್ನಿಂಗ್ but shrunu shabda indicates here is that i am going to tell you something important so please pay attention that is idea so that is why you know when you want to announce something you say your attention please you know we'll say that so the same way here also so shrunu means give attention pay attention to it i am going to tell you something important shrunu me why paramam vachah parama shabda means supreme vachaha means words my supreme words now the words are not supreme words are words but paramatma the lord who is speaking therefore his words will be supreme since bhagwan is speaking it has to be supreme words number 1 number 2 meaning is that the words that are indicating the supreme <laughs> revealing the nature of supreme so paramam vachaha means the words that is revealing the supreme lord so that i am going to speak to you paramam vachaha supreme words words revealing supreme truth i shall impart to you yet why are you telling me this yetteham priyamanaya vakshyami hitakamya because priyamanaya see one meaning is that arjuna was listening to bhagwan with complete interest total interest because no in battlefield bhagwan has got only one student okay the teacher also because if you have only one student you cannot look here and there it is not possible if there are 20 students are there one can you know think of whatever they want <coughs> or do whatever they want teacher may not notice but here it is what one student only so what happened he has no choice he has to listen <laughs> so here arjuna was attentively listening here bhashikara write that he is enjoying the words of bhagwan 
like ativa amrutamiva pipanna so it is something like nectar he was drinking every word is like a nectar coming out of bhagwan's mouth he considered it is like amrutam so like this he was enjoying it so when a teacher see the student is enjoying the teaching then teacher opens up he reveals <laughs> he gives himself whatever that he knows he will try to impart that knowledge to the student out of love for him so this is what is bhagwan said he priya priyamanaya vakshyami hitakamya for your good <laughs> because naturally a student is showing that much of interest and enjoying the teaching the teacher also get inspired and he reveals the truth so bhagwan says etteham priyamanaya vakshyami hitakamya continuing name vidusuraganaha prabhavam namaharshayah ಮಹರ್ಷೀಸುರಗಣಾಸುರಗಣಾಸ್ they do not know me prabhavam na maharshaya maharshaya rishis also they do not know my beginning prabhavam aham adirhi devanam the reason also bhagwan says i am before the devatas before the gods maharshinam cha sarvasha even the gods and rishis i was before them therefore they will not know me that's why you know our children will ask you know when you show them the wedding album to your children they will look at it and they start looking for themselves where is my picture <laughs> and they get so disappointed they will ask dad you are a cheat what happened beta i didn't cheat you you never took me to your wedding how is that possible so i think that is why 60th birthday they remarry so there is there is some custom that some they remarry because why children could not see their wedding now 60th birthday they will be able to watch their parents wedding maybe that is the reason so this adirhi bhutanam this is idea here so these people were not born at that time so how will they know me my origin they will never be able to know and all these maharshi nam devatanam they are also indirectly subjectively speaking they are all these senses in us they all the pancha the panjendriyas they are all considered devatas the the what you call sabdasparsha rooparasagandha all of them are considered devas devatas means devata deva deva shabda means dyotanatmakam deva that which 
illumines you. So, through senses only the world is illumined to us. Through the eyes all the forms and colors are illumined to us. Through the ears the world of sound is illumined to us. To the, to the skin the world of touch is illumined to us. Same way through the tongue the world of taste is illumined to us. Same way through the nose all the world of fragrance is illumined to us. So therefore the senses are considered devatas. These senses will never be able to appreciate, objectify the subject that is the consciousness within us. So even though consciousness is inherent and concurrent throughout us, so inherent and concurrent in us, but the senses are unable to objectify because the moment the senses come to know that this is Paramatma, then what happened? Paramatma become an object. <laughs> and once Paramatma become an object, it is subject to time, condition, etc. Then all problems of the object. The Drishtanashta Subhavatvar. Yet Drishtam Tannashyam. Whatever that you see, it is subject to destruction. <laughs> all these postulate can be used there. So, Name Vidusuraganaha Prabhavam Namaharshaya. Aham Adirhi Devanam. I am Devanam Adihi before the Devatas. So that's why in Chandakipanishad said, the Sadeva Sarumya Idamagra Asid. The Sat alone, the existent alone was there before creation. <coughs> so these people or the Devatas, the Maharshis, all of them came much later. Therefore, they are unable to appreciate me. Prabhavamna Maharshayasa Maharshi Nam Chasarvashaha. Continuing. Yobam Ajamana Dimcha Vittiloka Maheshwaram Asam Mudasamart Sarvapapai Pramuchate Veti Loka Maheshwaram The one who knows me as Loka Maheshwaram, the Lord of the whole universe. Now here we have to stop and think how this is explained. The creation is always a topic of discussion in every religion. Who created the world? When you see the world in front of you, it is always a challenge to our intellect. <laughs> How it has come into existence? Scientists have so many theories. In Mandukya Vanishad, Gaudabhadacharya says there are 82 theories how the world has come. <laughs> but he says all of them are false. None of them are real. <laughs> Why? 
it is a theory at certain point of time of your intellectual development you appreciate certain point using the available data but when this when you are thinking progresses those data become invalid and then you have another theory <laughs> that theory you think that it is the best it is ultimate but then until another person come and defeat your theory so <laughs> this is how all phd's are gained everybody gets phd because you challenge that person theory that is all <laughs> you don't have to discover a new topic it's not necessary <laughs> so this this creation has been a sanatana eternal discussion in every religion semitic religion has no problem there is one god who created the world this is in the beginning it is fine but as you grow up in thinking question comes for creation what is necessary there must be two aspect at least necessary one is an intelligent cause another is a material cause if these two are not there the creation is not possible now if they are two but in in the world we see material is different the creator the person the intelligent cause they are two separate entities the pot maker is different pot is different so so also goldsmith is different gold chain ornaments are different so the material is different the cause efficient cause intelligent cause the creator is different but if you apply that theory what happened god created this world and sitting in one corner somewhere conveniently sitting there when once in a way he come and look at it everything okay go back again so that theory comes that doesn't work so <laughs> the question is our upanishads scriptures talk about the material also himself there is no difference between him and the material it is something like in dream the material for the dream world is you yourself so the same way the material for creating this world he himself is the material therefore when we look at the world we are not looking at the objects name and form we are looking at the lord himself in every living organism there is a presence of lord even the greenness of the grass there is a presence of lord and that is what is to be appreciated and this is what bhagwan is going to tell sarva loka maheshwaram means that i am the lord of the entire creation means what i remain in every creature in this creation okay i think i am supposed to stop here today today you're all anxiously waiting for the presidential debate i heard so so i stop here today tomorrow we'll see we'll continue this topic sarvaloka maheshwaram <laughs> thank you om purnamada 
பூர்ணமிதம் பூர்ணாத் பூர்ணமுதச்சதே பூர்ணஸ்ய பூர்ணமாதாய பூர்ணமேவாவசிஷ்யதே ஓம் ஷாந்தி ஹரி ஓம் ஸ்ரீகுருப்பியோ நம ஹரி ஓம்